Today on the show, we got Ray Lau here, bro. Whoa. Ray Lau, cool. dude. Man. This, this is amazing. Thank you for coming on to the pod, man. Yeah, Seriously. Man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Um, um, usually I um, say that I don't like doing podcasts, but this is the one that I am excited to do. Yeah? Why is that? Um, because I feel like this is the only topic that I know that I am actually knowledgeable about. There you go. So... LA comedy and the LA comedy scene. I think I know a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I don't know anything. Well, did you start L- comedy in LA? You're from Seattle, right? Originally. Yes, I started in LA, and um, I am from Seattle. Started here, 2019, and uh, before the pandemic. Yeah, right before it. It's dude. been crazy. Uh, I started in August of 2019, and then I was here in the scene for six months before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit, and then I did Zoom comedy for like a year and a half straight. Um, Do you feel like that helped you? Yeah. Yeah? 100%. How? People, because I was just starting out. There's a whole crop of like Zoom comedians. Um, people always like, I, I think at the, I was just starting out. So people who, who were comedians then, they uh, didn't like Zoom comedy, and naturally so, because they were comedians on stage. And then they went to Zoom and they go, this this sucks. Why would anyone do this? Me, on the other hand, and everyone else who's, who started at that same time, um, I had no idea what it was like to be a comedian in real life. So I never did a show before. I just did horrible open mics. No kidding. For six months, from bombs straight. And no one talked to me or liked me. <laughs> so when the Zoom came, it was like very accessible. It just be, made it all very accessible because mm-hmm. I could log on every day at 8.30 for the open mic, do my time with my material, with my screen right here and my material right yeah. here and I would read it and then I could just fix it and I wouldn't say uh at all and I wouldn't stutter and I wouldn't forget my material and then when it was over, I didn't have to socialize. I just logged off from 8.30 to 9.30 every day and I was, in, I was also locked inside. So, um, so how was it like after the pandemic and after your first mic back, like first physical mic back? Um, I had a better product than I did for sure. There was a while, there was a while during the Zoom scene where I was, and everybody in the Zoom scene was not good, including me, but there was a while in the Zoom scene where I was doing good. At the, at the end of like the year, like year and a half point, I was like expecting myself to do well at Zoom shows, which was weird. Um, but so like I had, so I had some, like I grew, I definitely improved on Zoom, from the moment I started to the year and a half later, I improved. Like my my jokes got better, and I was better at performing on Zoom, to the point where I felt like I could do well on Zoom shows. Uh, and then by the time it transitioned out of Zoom, and I was going to my first open mics, did I like have fear, stage fright from people staring at me? Yes. Did I have? Did I stutter and like sometimes have to work on remembering my material when I didn't have to do that before? Yeah. Um, so there was some transition, but I certainly had a better product than when I um, first started on LA, which was really hard. When I first started in LA, and I was just going to the fourth wall once a week, and I didn't know anybody, and I sucked. It was mm-hmm. horrible, super bad. Um, but I always say there's like a the reason why the Zoom thing, and I'll always look back fondly on the Zoom times um, because there's a certain co- uh, habit that's required to be a comedian. Um, there's like, you have to write all the time. You have to go up on stage all the time. You have to, um, fix the jokes. You have to listen back to the tapes. And there's like, and if you, if you offer, uh, this 
these habits to someone who's not doing comedy at all, they'd be like, what the fuck? That's crazy. It's a crazy amount of work. We do a crazy amount of work. And so doing Zoom was like a, a way to build that thing quickly, uh, build that habit quickly. Like, um, I, it, like I said before, it was accessible. So mm. it was easier. Whereas before, yeah, I, didn't have to, I didn't have to park, I didn't have to drive, I didn't yeah. have to socialize, I didn't have to have the pressure of talking to people before, the pressure of talking to people after, the pressure of shaking someone's hand, you know? So it was accessible. So it was great. It was really good. How, how do you, uh, are you much of a socializer now that it, it's kind of came back and? Socializer, I am, I try to say hello. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm more of an introvert. I think I'm good at shaking hands and saying hello. Got you. Conversations, long conversations, I feel like maybe not, but. Well, great then. This is going to be a short episode. Yeah, gonna- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. no, that's why I say I, I like I can do this one, I think. Yeah. This is, I think I can know comedy, at least my experience on the LA comedy scene. This absolutely. is like the one thing that I've been working on for like four years now. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. the, the, the one thing, the first thing that you told me when I first met you was just to write every day. That was your one note for me. I remember saying up. that. Yeah. yeah. Did you start? I did start every day. Really? Whether if it's like a new, a new bit or if it's just rewriting an old one. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least coming up with one tag. But you're sitting down and you're writing yeah, every day. That's beautiful. I, I mean, I get to do it here. You know what I mean? When yeah. people are here. I, so I have a lot of time on my hands to write. Right. I don't feel like though that, I mean, with the comic wars, the roast battle, it did help with the writing, but it just feels when I take my material on stage, it really doesn't feel like it's authentic, which is super weird. Interesting. Yeah. You said you're eight months in. Eight months in, yeah. Um, well, talk to me more about that. Like you, you write it down during the day, and you yeah. go up on stage, and it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, Why? And, and, uh, I think it's either with the way it's coming out, or it. So right now, like. Uh, I found this space where it's just like my anger is where I'm most comfortable. And yeah. if I can bring that to the stage or like not my anger, but my disappointments almost yeah. to the stage, that's where I feel like I'm the most authentic. When I'm talking about dumb stuff like, oh, you know, this is what I think about this. That's outside of my world. Yeah. That's where it just, and, but I think it's kind of funny. It just doesn't come out the way I think it's supposed to. My take on this uh-huh. and who knows. And again, forever, who knows if I'm right about any of this. It's just, just what I think. Right is that you're writing about things that you think are funny and not things that you actually care about saying. You're just writing like, you know, a cat wearing a tie is also funny. You know, you might as well just write a bit about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, but there's a million things that could potentially be funny. Um, you're probably not writing about things, you're probably not writing about things that are authentic to you. Like you probably don't care about what you're saying. So why say them? And the reason you're doing it is because you want to have jokes um, and you want to make the people laugh. And so you think, well, I need to write jokes. Let me hear, I think this, I think mental illness is funny. Let me just write about these mental illness jokes. And Mm -hmm. then I say them and then there's like a little chuckle and you go, okay, this is the right. But just, I think my advice would be to find the things that are authentic to you. Like the things that are genuinely make you mad or genuinely scare you or genuinely embarrass you. Like a situation that really embarrassed you or, Whatever. Which I've been kind of like finding lately yeah. is what's working as opposed to just writing like, you know, things from out of left field. Yeah, it's yeah. really just telling personal stories, but finding the funny out of the unfunny. Yeah. Trying to dig deeper, write more jokes about that stuff. And a lot of those jokes won't work at first. And um, you just keep and then once they don't work, just toss them and try to keep going. But try to walk in that direction um, because... But when you when you get angry on stage, does that feel authentic to you? Like those stuff? It, it, it does. But if I really am angry, if I try to bring the anger out, like just 
physically and I don't feel it inside, then it, then people can, I feel like people can tell. Yeah. I bet that it worked the first time when you were genuinely angry. It did. And then today I kind of did a thing where I'm just like, I'm talking about my anger, but I wasn't angry about it. I'm like talking about it, like trying to figure it out. And people resonated with that. Oh, I felt okay. Like. Yeah. 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 You can't really summon the anger again. I don't think. Right. It's not real. And, exactly. I, and the audience can suss out when it's not real. Yeah. They know. And it's exhausting to it's be exhausting. angry all the time on stage. Yeah. You, you, know? don't, you don't want to be, but right. you're just, you th- you, that just worked one time and you're trying to lean towards what works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think keep, keep writing in that direction and you don't have to go, always go what makes you angry. It could be what makes you, like, like I said before, what makes you embarrassed or what mm-hmm. makes you, what's any, any little, um, thing that doesn't, um, make sense to you in the, in the real normal world, anything that's like. Um, um, different that uh, that you then you can write about that. That doesn't make sense. Anything that's like I, I I try to I try to write about things that anytime you notice like that's weird. Something mm-hmm. something weird happened out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Then you can write about. For example, when we were driving here today, you dropped a you dropped a pin and I went to the wrong place and we had a call and I go, you should have, you should have sent the address, not the pen. (laughs) And then we, turns out I was five minutes away. So I drove and I had to drive around. That's, that's a situation. I don't know if there's anything funny there, but that's a situation of a, something that happened that went out of the ordinary. The ordinary was, was you sent me the thing and I got there on time. You sent me an address and I got there on time. The real, the, the different thing that happened was that you sent me a pin and it sent me to a wrong address. Mm -hmm. The technology failed us in some way. I had to go around. It was infuriating, not really, but it was infuriating that I had to go around and back to this way where yeah. you were waiting there. Like that was a situation that something different happened. You know, that could have been embarrassing to you or it could have been annoying to me or it could have been annoying to you that that I couldn't find a place in time. Is this um, how you run through all the things that happen to you to find a bit? Because it seems like you're just not trying to make a bit out of it, but like if you were to just tell the story, I can and you were work on, I could see it being a bit. Maybe I try to think. I I try to. Uh, we try to do our best to keep our eyes open about what could be a bit. And I think like a lot of times you just ask yourself like anything. The more you keep your eyes open to it, the more you keep your eyes open. Like the more you practice keeping your eyes open to this, the more you actually are open to it. And I think what you just have to ask yourself is like, if I were to make a bit about this, what would it be? Like, what would this thing be? And just keep like, and then when you're in your daily writing session, which is why it's so powerful, you just talk about it. You're like, maybe this is it. Let me just try, see if I can write like three things about this interesting or different thing that happened yesterday. Yeah. You know? So when you write daily, do you try to write like in joke format or are you journaling? Like, what does this look like? I try to write, I type it on my Google docs and I try to write, um, I have the version of the, of the bit that I'm working on, the updated version. And then I try to add new lines and I try to edit what went wrong the night before. And I'm like listening to the night before. And then I am, um, editing it and trying to add new stuff. And I'm, I'm listening to see like, what were like the, what were like the big laughs from yesterday? Because the big laughs stay. Right. And the big laughs, like I'm listening for like, was there a part where the audience is like, and sometimes you can't hear it when you're on stage. Right, 100%. And you listen to it and you're like, oh, the 
laughter erupted from the audience at this point. Right. If ever I feel like laughter erupted out of control, like when they what they weren't being polite, they weren't going ha ah, ha ha. They, they're being like, oh, like it just yeah. came out of them. That part stays, and I try to build around that oh. when I'm writing around. And even if you don't like that part, like because there are some parts or some jokes that I've said where I've listened back to the tape and people will howl at something I said, but it ju- it's just like something that I it's just passing by almost. I felt like. And I never really built off that. Oh, I would. But do you like it? You, I do like it. Oh, I just okay. didn't know. I didn't like how I said it in a oh. sense. But, uh, I think if you don't like it, don't do it. But if you are okay with it and you felt like people are howling because of it, then I would try to see if it's replicable, if you can do it again. Uh, and I would build around it. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how the process works for me generally is if something hits hard and sometimes you don't know. Like that's why you're, when you're on stage, like um, – Try to riff, like try to do your do your bit that you wrote, and then either in the middle of the bit or at the end of the bit, when if in the middle of the bit someone laughs like crazy, then like, oh man, something just happened. I don't even know what it was. Like try to riff like a couple more lines there. Try to go more. I have been trying to do that a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. go deeper. And then once you feel like you're out, go a little bit more. Like toss in a couple more lines. And then at the end, just be like, okay, well, here's some other angles about this bit that I thought of. And then most of it won't work and some of it will. And especially if the audience is on a roll, like you really want to um, keep riding that wave, keep riding the wave. Um, and then when you're listening to it the next day, like what, what, like what, what was like a ha ha or like a, or like a big, like, ah, like if something pulled laughter out, like I would build around it and get, know that that's direction. And then I would cut everything else that's not working before that or just everything. around it. Yeah. everything that's not like. Everything that's too slow or like taking too long or whatever, I would cut it out viciously. I, like if it's not working like four times, cut like gotcha. it, like if it's even just timid laughter four times, cut it out. It's not the it's not the direction so, the bit needs to go. So you're looking for howls then. You're looking for oh, the yeah. biggest pops. Not then. really biggest pops, but like sometimes you're in a small room and you can t- tell when laughter is being pulled out. Like you say something really good and like 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 they can't even help it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's such a good joke that it clicks something in their mind that they um, have to laugh, then that's when I would go. That's when I would the next day try to build around it. And I would write like whatever amount of more tags yeah. for it. And maybe this will work and maybe this won't. So that's your habit then, right? Like you would hit a mic and then the next day you would listen to it and then rewrite it. That's kind of like what you've built for yourself? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. Was, was that from the beginning with the Zooms as well? Or was that kind of like after? That was after i go to um me i go to the coffee shop every morning and i write um and that has that that has been since the the pandemic ended um yeah that's the habit now i yeah. listen and i write, write write in the morning write for like an hour and you're very strict about it strict i, I mean it seems like it dude like strict. honestly we, i have conversations with other comedians about you and it just about uh, me oh yeah bro absolutely really? doing that like th- this is actually an interesting question do you still consider yourself an open micer um, because you're doing things, bro. And it's like, thanks, yeah. I've only seen you at one open mic, you know what I mean? But like, you're doing things that are, it's even t- to the point where it seems like it's what I, a lot of people come on the show for. Like you're taking your own path, like outside of the comedy clubs, yeah. which is super interesting. Thanks. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. T- to answer your first question, do I see myself as an open micer? Um, I, I don't know. I still go to open mics. Yeah, I just went to one yesterday. I still go and I still, um, tap in the um class or label of open micer is um 
general almost. Yeah, whatever. Just get yeah. better. You know, yeah, yeah. who cares yeah. if you're if you're an open micer or right. whatever. You go to open mics or whatever. Are your bits funny or yes or no? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been good. I'm, I am um, lucky to have my friends Austin and Leonard, and we go on tours together. We leverage his um, TikTok and Instagram audience, and we set up our own DIY tours um, out of town. We do like small towns uh, in the country. Um, we do little runs, and it's been it's been super cool. Honestly, it's been super fun. It's yeah. been um, when I was out there on the on the road with my friends, it felt like so adventurous and so free and so fun. And it felt like that was the reward of all the work that we put in here in LA. Like that was it, you know, that was like the pinnacle of what it was of this whole thing, you know? And you guys start doing comedy together at the same time? Roughly. Yeah. Roughly. I think, I think actually, I don't know. Leonard's been doing it for a long time, I think. And Austin is like one year um, earlier, one year later than me. Okay. But roughly the same time, you know? Um, and it's been fun. It's been great. We've just been hitting up these cities, setting up small shows, small shows, like 60 people. Um, still pretty decent, though. Still great. Yeah. I mean, we're just there. And the, and the, the big the big key, number one, besides the fun and the adventure of it all, which is the most important part of it, um, the it's just been we've just been doing longer sets, which is we don't have here in L.A. We're doing like 25 minutes a night, um, which, which for us – now and at the time was a lot larger than anyone was giving us. Right, and how? Yeah. And the first couple of times you doing that, did you have twenty five minutes of material? Yeah, yeah, I think so. The first, I, I kind, I mean, whatever. People will always judge you on how much material you you actually have. Right. We had twenty five minutes that we thought was good, and this was last year, and it was good, and the shows went great. Um, but I had twenty five minutes too because I, um, always since the year I started, set up an end of year show where I put where I do more time than I was comfortable with. Um, and this is a really big key of my process too. Every single year at the end of the year, I, I go back home to Seattle and I do a hometown show and I put myself on for more um, time than I, it's like a challenge every year. So like I'm doing like 35, like the first, the very first year in comedy over Zoom, I did a show for 20 minutes when I only had five minutes when I set it up. And I was like, and that was in August. And then the show was in December. And like from September to December, I was like in a hurry to get all this yeah. time. And was it all good? No, probably no. I mean, not at all. It was probably all ass or whatever. I did the show and I, by the end of it, I had 20 minutes that was probably ass, but I was like still working it. Um, and then the year after that, I, this was in person. And the next show in December, I tried to write 30 new minutes um, and then some of it was good, some of it was bad. And then I try to write, I try to write 30 new minutes a year. That's, that's try crazy, to do. dude. I know. So every year, that's the way my process is structured is, um, every show I finish in December, I, I'm not letting go of the bits, but I try to write uh, starting January till next December. I'm trying to write 30 new minutes for a new show for, it's sort of emulating the way bigger comics work in terms of their Netflix special. I'm not doing specials. I'm just doing it in front of my friends. Um, but I have some pressure to like create new bits because they've heard the bits from last year and it's like a somewhat of a recurring audience in Seattle. Um, so I would recommend that to anybody. I think it's a great way. Um, it also puts pressure on like all year, which is kind of stressful, but also it's fine. Um, but you're doing the, but you're producing these, your own shows in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're my, they're my shows. So they're not at a club. They're just at some 
um, place that has a stage, and then I sell tickets, and then I bring my friends up from from LA, um, and those are awesome too. I would recommend that to anybody. If you have a hometown that's not here, I would set. Up, I say I say this to everyone. I say this to Beastmite. I say this to if you have a hometown, set up a show for yourself because no one's gonna give you this time. Right. You know, no one's gonna give it to you until you're until you have it and you're way ready. No one's gonna give it to you. So you have to give it to yourself. Like, start the show and then put yourself like six months ahead or seven months ahead for a time that you don't really have. And then just work like, and then there's like, that's the pressure you need. Like all my friends are going to see, I need, I need 15 more minutes than I have right now. Um, and that way, and that way, cause a lot of times we get lost in our material. Like just, just day to day, we're like just working on this bit and then we got this bit and this bit sucks now. And like this bit, this bit's, um, this bit's going good. And then all of a sudden it stops. Okay. Well that's boring. And then, and then all of a sudden six months later, you, you, you have no really bits that you, that you, like you should fucking have these bits that work cause you've been refining them. So having a show that like you're you're stressed about um, is good because it's like okay, well I don't have time to be dilly dallying with these new bits. Like I need to be honing these ones that um, sometimes work and sometimes don't, and figuring out what the angle is. That's a great way to do it though, like to give your own yourself some stage time, bro. Because I don't know, yeah, that, that it's especially twenty thirty minutes. What you said your first year in, you you gave yourself twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes, and then. Um, and it was good. I mean, the show went great. I mean, they're also your friends. So it's like, they're going to laugh. They're going to be yeah, nice to true. you. So it's Very like, you're true. not like bombing. You're like, you then don't try to bomb. But like, you know, there's this um, YouTube video that I, um, that we will link in the notes that is called The Creative Process by Ira Glass. And it's pretty much saying like, all of us, and I've watched it so many times, so maybe I'll do it word for word. All of us, when we get into the art that we're doing, we get into it because we, we have really great taste like we know what we like and we're like, this is really good. I love it. Um, and then when you start doing that, like your taste is so good that you can tell that what you're making kind of sucks. And like, that's the frustrating part. And like people will struggle there and sometimes quit like, cause they're making stuff and like, this sucks. I'm not good at it. But like everybody who does, who does creative work, like has to go through that phase and to get through that phase, you just need to put out a volume do a huge volume of work. You just need to constantly evolve as an artist. Like you need to make your bits, let them go and then start anew. And then like, and then, and then work them as hard as you can until they're done and then let go and then create again. And like your bits will come and go, but you as an artist, like get better over time. So, so that's what, that's a little bit what I'm trying to emulate with that. It's with, just pumping out as much as you can in order to find the gold. No, that's that's what I'm trying to emulate by creating 30 new minutes a year, and then and then trying to create 30 new minutes every year, letting go and then. Doing oh, I see, minutes, I see, you know? I see. Okay, I'm trying to emulate like creating a volume of work, working on them as hard as I can, and then letting go. And like, these bits aren't gone. Like I think if I ever do a special or something, I'll I'll bring back the best bits from the year, and refine them, and then do the special. Um, but I just think it's important to. Um, find that balance of creating on a deadline so that you don't dilly dally for too long, but then also don't work on them so long that they become like, like things that you hate. Right. Just work and get, get them as good as you can and then let go. Cause the core of it maybe is like not good enough, you know, cause right. the, the premise is just like this idea that you came up with when you were very young, your first year. And so like maybe the core of it's not good and then you let go. And then the next year, the core of it is better. 
and you work on it as hard as you can. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, just the so, process of writing it and making it better. Yeah. So you you as an artist improve. Obviously, you 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 felt probably that it's gotten. I wouldn't say easier, but you picking and choosing what's funny and not has gotten easier for you. Probably, yeah. Especially the volume of you know material that you're coming up with a year. It's still really hard. I still struggle like every morning. Every morning I'm like racking my head for like what's funny, and it's not. A lot of times it doesn't come. Um, so how do you find inspiration for what's funny? It just happens. You just or? you just keep going um, every day, and some days you have you're on, and some days you're off. And I'm like, you can't control the output. Like you can't control whether the bits come or they don't. Like. You can only control the input, which is I'm here every day mm. and I'm writing and then I will try and then I will try the jokes. I will write this these dog shit 10 that I wrote and then I will try them tonight and some of them work and some of them don't and maybe none of them work. And then the next day, the ones who worked, you keep going. And then the ones who didn't, you didn't. Um, and if none of them worked, then none of them worked and you just try again. Right. And then you bring back a bit that you wrote last May and then you're like, well, maybe let's try this and then you keep going. Um, until something um, clicks to the point where, oh, this is really exciting. You keep working on that. Um, but, I mean, many, many days I'm, like, struggling in the morning. Like, I can't even think of anything. But I, I think I just have tr so much trust in the process now that I've it's, – because it's proven itself so many times that I don't, I don't struggle in, a, in, like, an emotional sense. I just struggle to create the thing. But, like, I, um, I don't – but I know that it's going to work eventually. Right. So I just believe in the process, and that's it. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I, I saw you once at an open mic, and it, I, I I don't remember if it was an improv or just a regular open mic, but it didn't even. I don't even remember you working on anything. You just went up there and started talking, and you just kind of just that was the fourth wall. Probably. Yeah, the fourth wall know-how. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you literally, I don't don't even think you worked on anything. You just literally went up there and just was just talking, and like you took one word and kind of just like told a story about that. Oh yeah. What was why if you I, you probably don't remember but I, I just thought it was so interesting i'm like this guy didn't even work on any jokes and it's ray Lau. like yeah. i've heard a lot about you oh, and stop. i was just so excited to see you and then i was just like well what the hell was that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know not yeah. a bad way but i was like that was so that was so interesting especially being so new out of this for sure um i don't know sometimes when i go to mike's i i'm there just to work on my sometimes i think it, the material comes so slowly at mike's and not even really effectively. So, like, sometimes if you're at a really bad mic, like, it's tough. And, like, and we all feel this struggle. It's, like, you, you go to mics and, and no, they're not giving you anything. And, like, should I still work on my material? And then, like, and then they don't laugh. And, like, maybe that bit was good, but they just, they, the, 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 the comics there, like, it's a dark room. And it's, right. like, a dark energy. So, like, sometimes, like, my, my newer philosophy, and I think I have um, a privilege to have this philosophy now that I'm, farther along than I was and I can afford to do more shows is that I can afford to at Mike's work on material less and work instead on like other things like my ability to um keep going like 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 don't don't panic when you don't have anything to say like riff in the moment like um sometimes when I when I go to Mike's like especially really bad Mike's like that suck like my goal is just to do not falter like don't show weakness at all you you don't have to be funny you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to say anything good just do not falter like don't give in to the pressure of it all and that's good too like that's like i like i try to at mics now just work on not always but sometimes just work on being um comfortable on stage saying whatever yeah. digging around and seeing seeing if i can find anything 
So the most efficient for you would just be writing then? Because other people, like sometimes with me, I feel like I find my bits at the improv mics or just when I go at an open mic, I have nothing and I'll just kind of riff on someone, what someone said. Yeah. And I'll find my bits through that. But you, you, it seems like the writing is where you're... You mean in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just in general, where like you just doing the process of writing is like your bread and butter as opposed to kind of like going out to the mic and finding a bit. Yeah. That's a, that's um, a different school of thought. That's pretty, that's common is like writing on stage and right. that's, and a lot of people do that and that's very good. I, my, mine is like, mine is multiple. I write on stage a lot, but like I also write religiously every day in at, at the shop, at the coffee shop. Mm. Um, and I think those blend together to make my process. Like I'm writing every day and I'm also riffing in the moment because you, you do find stuff, the, the, the most genuine stuff because you in the writing session can't really feel what it's like in the room, but you in the room on stage can, can, can know that this is, this is how it would come out. This, this is what people are attuned to right now. And so I'm going to say this and I bet it's going to be funny and then it is, you know, but you can't really feel that when you're in the writing session. Right. That's why people write on stage. Um, but equally, like when you're in the sh- when you're in the writing shop, you can like see what's not working, and you can craft the fine jokes, and you can be like, oh, "This is too many words." Like, you know, you can you can tie it back to the beginning. Well, you can see how it's laid mm. out and tied it back. So there's value in both. I do both. Like I'm I'm constantly I'm writing in the morning, and then I'm writing on stage, and then I'm bringing it back to the morning and see what's stuck. Um, I will say, and this is just my opinion, people I, I, it, people can get confused by writing on stage because it can it can sometimes be an excuse like sometimes people are just like i oh i just write on stage yeah. but it's like they're also just not writing right <laughs> you know yeah. they're just not like it's kind of like a and who knows maybe it works for you but but it's 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 sometimes like an excuse to be lazy you right. know like you're just yeah. like i'm not oh, i just i write on stage well there you go on stage and and it's like you're riffing about the mo- moment and this and that and it's like maybe it's working for you to me it's like i need both same, you know, yeah, because uh, that's how that was, yeah, absolutely. Because like that's how I, I leaned more on writing on stage in the beginning, yeah. And after I had my first show, I was like, "What the hell was that?" Dude? Yeah, like, nothing, that was all trash. Yeah, dude. yeah. And then the second show, within that like month, month and a half, I really focused on writing. Yeah, and even stuff that I'd never even said before on stage that I just had written down and I said it, and it there was pops. To yeah, it, you know what I mean. So yeah, it's like yeah, I, I agree. Like there there is a balance of writing on stage and taking the time to actually physically write. You need both. You need both. And they feed each other. Yes. You know? Absolutely. How long is your writing process at the shop for? Like how long do you usually kind of, or do you just do it until you're like, okay, I, it's good? I do it before I have to work in the morning. So depending on what time I wake up, mm-hmm. um, it's like a daily daily battle, like how early I can wake up. Mm-hmm. I Ideally, I'm going for 90 minutes. It's, it's an hour now minimum usually. And it's not to, and like this is like, I've been doing this straight for the writing session, straight for like th- almost three years now. So it's built to that level. If I if I were to recommend anything to somebody, it would be um, to start very small at your writing session and just go there and write for like 10 minutes and then get out. And I would also recommend to pick a place that is not your house to do it. So that way you have a place that's just like, this is your writing place. Um, the reason I do it at a coffee shop that I thought was really, that worked for me um, is that I go there and I buy a coffee every day, which is like a horrible financial decision. <laughs> but I go there and I and I buy the coffee and then I sit down and a coffee costs $4. And if I'm not focused, 
and writing, then I just wasted those $4. But if I did well, then it's a worth, it's worth $4 for sure. Yeah. You know? So there's like a little financial stake to a good writing session. Yeah. Um, that was what helped me at the very beginning. And now it's to the point where I've, I get coffee every day and I'm writing every day and it's like, it's, well, it's almost, it's a habit now. It's a, ha- it's it's a complete a habit. habit. Yeah. I also like, feel weird if I'm not doing that in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good habit then. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually reading a book, Atomic Habits right now yeah. by James Clear. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, it's perfect what you said where you want to take the writing elsewhere as opposed to not your house because like, right, right. in your mind, it's like, oh, I'm here now and now I know what I got to do. It's like almost just subconsciously like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and write. Right. So that's good that you do that, dude. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I like it. I think it's um, a superpower. I think everybody needs to have that. Were you good in school? Yes. Yeah. So do you think, do you feel like you being studious at school kind of translated over to the comedy world and gives you structure where other comedians don't have really have structure? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A lot of people are good at school though. I think I am just like very routine based and very habit based. And I think I have like, I'm just that kind of person. I'm like a man of systems. Yeah. There you, know, you go. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. So that's it. I think that's super important. You need a daily writing. I think that's like the one, one of the one reasons that I've grown so much is like the daily writing habit. It's so crucial. Yeah. It's like the, it's like a jab in, the, in boxing, mm. you know, you need it constantly and you hide behind the jab and you have all this other stuff like, like, um, like, like writing on stage and that's your, your big hook and you've got, you're watching other, I don't know what you do, but what, whatever the big things are in comedy that relate to the big swings, you always hide behind the jab. Like I know no matter what I have the, that every day, whether I bombed or I failed or whatever, I'm back there next morning. Whether I, whether I crushed last night, I'm back there the next morning, you know, fixing the stuff that didn't work, adding to the stuff that did work um, and trying to build it out. Dude, that's great. Yeah. That's a clip right there, dude. That's a, clip. You, that's a clip. I talked to actually Fink, Adam Fink, before oh, we were at a mic earlier, and he said something interesting, how you go about comedy by manufacturing your own stage time. Yeah, he talk, remembers this. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Obviously, you talked about a little bit about it by doing your own shows. Yeah. But in terms of like the comedy game, getting yourself up there to host, I think what he was mainly talking about. Wow. Talk, talk about that more. I'm surprised that he remembered that. That's um, what I'm saying, dude. We talk about you a lot, right? Dude, stop. <laughs> um... I I think I invented a term and I'm whatever. I call it manufactured sets. And I think this is the big key to um getting better at comedy. When you're when you are at the open mic level, um and you're not being booked on quite enough shows, you're like we said earlier, you're trying to work on these bits and all you have are these awful, god awful other comedians to perform <laughs> your bits to. And there's this dark energy and it's cold and and your bits, they're not working. And so what you need is you need stage time, right? You need stage time on shows to work on these new bits. However, you're not getting booked on en- enough. So when you have an opportunity to do a show, you're like, and the producer's there and it's a good show, you're going to do your best stuff because you want to hit the show. Um, and so you never have a chance to work on your new stuff and you never got a chance to experiment and develop because you the, sh- the shows are coming so far and few between that you need to crush every time you're on so it's like this where do i how do i get better how do i get booked on more shows the key difference is that i think a lot of people are waiting to be booked on more shows and like that'll never really be in your control even if you submit to hella shows like it it won't they'll book you when they hear that you're funny you know, like it'll just never really work. And or, or you get submitted to all these shows and then you got to bring your friends out to all these fucking right. shows and yeah. you don't have that many friends and they just saw you last week and you, 
and and they've seen the jokes before. So what are you gonna do? So there's like a struggle there, and the the answer is I think that you need to do what I call manufactured sets, which is sets that trade stage time for labor or other services that the show needs. Um, hosting's a good one. Like I said, that's a pretty easy one. Every show needs a host, and not everybody wants to host. You could be you could tell every show person, hey, I'll host by the way. You know, and they'll be like, oh yeah, sure. He'll be like, I'll host five minutes up top. I'll do it. Some shows do a cold open. I'm pretty sure the haha does a cold open every time, and it's like no one wants to do the cold open. Like, but 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 and 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 for all these manufacturer sets, you don't have to bring anyone, and you're not getting booked. You're setting it up yourself. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're hitting up the person. Hey, by the way, if you need something, I'll cold open. I don't know if if you know. Ask the person who is cold opening there. Like, hey, who who books? Who who do I talk to if I want to call? If they need more cold opens, you know, every show has a door person, right? Every show needs somebody to run the door. Right. Right. Who, what is that? Is the person getting, is the door person getting paid? I remember the first time I was at, um, I think it was the Pasadena comedy and there was a door person there and he was weird and annoying. And then, and then, and then he did a, a set and I was booked on the show and he did a set and he was bombing and he was doing like a long, like eight minutes at the time, which I thought was a long set. And, and I walked up to the person, I go, was he on the show? And she goes, no, he was just the door person. And I go, how much time is he doing? And she goes, eight minutes. And I go, eight minutes? For, for what? For doing the door? And then she's like, yeah, everybody does. Um, and so I'm like, that just changed everything for me. I'm like, oh, I'll take every fucking door set in this town. I don't give a fuck. Because then you're, what, what are you doing? You're just at an open mic for, you're driving 30 minutes to open mic and you're doing open mic for an hour. You're paying $5. And then you are, true. and then you are, driving home for 30 minutes, you pretty much spend a, you know, an hour where it's like, you're doing a door or you're like, you're spending 90 minutes, maybe two hours, like maybe 30 minutes more, but you're getting real stage time. You're working on your stuff. You know, every show needs, you know, a lot of shows need a sound person. Every tiny venue in, in this, in LA operates on free labor. Right. That's very true. Everything that's not like the comedy store or like a huge institution, every small place, like Every every small little venue they can they can hurt up that has shows on the weekends runs on a on a door guy system. They have someone what doing social media. They have someone and they all need they all don't make money, so they all need free labor. And it's like, are we technically being taken advantage of? Okay, sure, whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe we are yeah. being taken advantage <laughs> of. And maybe this doesn't work, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to be a comedian and I'm trying to get better and I need to I need real stage time. I don't care what what it is. I don't care what it is, you know? I'll do every door guy set. I'll do every sound guy set. Every uh, every show needs a photographer, right? Can you do photography? I'll do a photography for five minutes. Every show needs their tapes. Their tapes filmed. I mean, I'll, I'll set up the. I told I told Beastmite set up your you know camera and and try to trade that for some stage time. Right. Like, and like that was and so I when I was starting when I was and I'm still starting out when I was earlier on in my current career, I did a lot of tech. I did a lot of door guys and I did a lot of hosting um, at Flappers. And like okay. I did this all without ever getting booked. Nobody ever booked me really. Like that, like those were the like I, like two to three to four sets a week, never getting booked on any of them. Those are just sets that I lined up. Like, damn. You know? Yeah. And it's like you need real stage time, like more than anything. And you need real stage time that you can experiment on. Um, so what are you doing? You're just hitting these people up then? You're just hitting them up and be like, yeah, hey, I'll all, work the door. Dude, I'll... They'll take it for free labor. Yeah. You need, you need someone. And then, and then just be normal and be cool and just be like, hey, I'll, you know, hey, by the way, if you, if you need someone around the door, I'm, I'm there. 
you know, in exchange no for kidding, a whatever dude. five, 10 minute set. It's, it's, it's crazy that I'm putting this out there now. I think I'm, I think I'm, it's fine. But at the time that I was, that I thought this out, I go, people are fucking idiots for not doing this. <laughs> I feel like I've, I haven't cracked like the code, like, yeah. and like looking back, like it was critical because then I started getting booked on shows. Like after I got funny through this process, like how long was this process for? Um, two, three, two years straight. I mean, like I'm still, if, if I don't have a show and I, and it now like if i'm missing a friday then i'll i'll hit up the people that i hit up to do door guy sets i don't care at all like i would never i would never ever leave a friday open or saturday open if there was open on my calendar i would be trying everything to fill up fill up that thing good for you dude um yeah that that to me and i think that's to me that's the solution out of this limbo that's like you're open you're doing open mics you're at the open mic level and you can't you're not getting booked enough like uh-huh. Try to, and then also produce your own shows. Like, yeah, you know, I'm starting my. I'm gonna start like for my birthday. It's in a few months, but yeah, I'm, that's like I want to see what happens because a lot of people have been telling me just produce your own show. Yeah, are you gonna do it monthly? I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'd right now just this one show. Yeah, um, I, we're gonna. When, we're, how many months ago is is uh, it's that? in June? So it's quite a few, like five months, basically four or five months. Dude, I think you should put yourself up for a long, long time. Me? Yeah. Put myself up yes, for a long time? Yeah. Yes, at the end and do 20 minutes. I, well, the fact that you said that earlier, I was like, huh, maybe that is something I should do. I think that's what it is. Yeah. If you think you can get people out and like, yeah, don't put, don't just book other people. Like, yeah, and like that's have, what them do do your, have them do your, <laughs> your, your time in front of your audience. Like, like if you're going to put in all the work and the stress, like producing is hella stressful. Like if you're going to do all this stuff True. and like get everybody out, like put yourself up for hella time, like a time that you're not truly prepared for. And like, and and then, and then try, like you go up there and fucking rick, do it for like, for 25 minutes or something. Go some, some crazy amount of time and then book other people. Like the, the show's like 90 minutes or whatever. Yeah. You have like a bunch of people. Right. Don't book too many people. Right. Be yeah, careful, yeah. but book some other people and then, and then, um, and then put yourself up for like 25 minutes. <laughs> that sounds scary as fuck, dude. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's it wild. should be. It should be. But you're like eight months in now. It's time to get going. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have much time. The Asian side's coming out of you, right? Yeah, I know. We got to get going, bro. People who like, I remember once, one time my, my friend was at the sound booth somewhere and then, and then the guy was talking to him and we were just starting out. And my friend asked the guy, and he goes, how long have you been doing comedy for? And he goes, he goes, ah, it must be six years now. And so my friend goes, and we're just starting out. And he, he goes, oh, wow. So you must be making a lot of money doing comedy. And the guy goes, the guy goes, oh, I think it's going to be a long time before I make money in comedy. And it's like, maybe, yeah. But it's also like you, you got to push, dude. Yeah. You got to go. Like, does it have to be that long until you make money doing comedy? Right. Why? True. Why True. does it have to be that long? Like, like you, like. If you get hella funny, like, and you are good at marketing and good at social media, why does it have to take that long to make money? Like, like you, and, and the way you do that is by push. You got to push and like set yourself up for challenges that you're not really prepared for. Right. And just like, and just, if it really, really scares you, like it's like almost more of us, not to be too like cliche motivation about it, but like, if it really, really scares you, that's probably a sign that you should probably do it. Cause who, cause also who gives a fuck? Like. If, right. what, what, you, what, you bomb for 25 minutes? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. It's June, of June of 2024. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You're gonna be doing this till 2030, 20, 20, you know? 
It's your it's your first year. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know, it's gonna be a small room at Third Wheel or whatever. It's yeah, gonna yeah, like, yeah. It's gonna be like thirty people. Who yeah. gives a shit? True. You know, I'm gonna run it. Fuck run, yeah, dude. Do it, bro. Yeah. Twenty five minutes. I'm telling 25? you. Twenty five. Okay. How much do you think you could comfortably do right now with your stuff? Comfortably. Mm. 10, maybe 12. Yeah, 25, dude. Yeah? 25, put it. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I got yeah. 10, 12 minutes. 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And hurt and get going. You've heard it here first, guys. My fucking birthday show, I'm doing 25 minutes. Good, dude. Ray's going to be on there, and I'm going to be doing more time than he is, <laughs> Hell guys. yeah. That's what's... I'd love to. <laughs> yeah? I'd love to be okay, on. Okay, hell yeah, dude. Um, and that's how you get booked. You just, <laughs> <laughs> so take that as a... <laughs> it's pretty easy, really. You just get inside their head and inspire them. You can do it. Go harder. You're not working hard enough. Can I have a spot on that show, by the way? Do you need a door guy on the show? I run the tech. I don't really care. I, I'll do whatever you End up you doing want. 30 minutes because like, yeah. you're working everything? Yeah. 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 You do 25. I'll do 30. It's fine. Whatever, dude. I'll we, open with 30. Yeah. We got to push, dude. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious, fine. bro. Yeah. I think you should um, do that. I'm going to run it. Yeah, I think that, that'd be a cool little idea. I mean, maybe not cool for everyone in the room, but, you know. It'll be cool. For me, it'll be great. Are you from here? Uh, from Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, born in Hawaii, raised in Vegas. Oh, do you have enough people that you've met to come to the show? To come to this show in L.A.? Yeah. If they were to Your come. Your birthday show? Uh, yeah, I could. Oh. From Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? They're going to come down to from oh, Vegas? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't oh. know if they would, but. Oh, do I have people from here to go down to Vegas? No, 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 no. No. For your show uh, in June here, mm -hmm. have you met enough people in L.A. that'll come to the show? I think so, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I've been in L.A. for like seven years, oh, so perfect. I hope oh, so. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. It's time to expand the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I actually don't think any of them have came to, came to any of my shows, to be honest with Smart. you. Smart. Yeah. Smart of you. Because I, the first one, I kind of wanted people to come, but after that went, I was just like, oh, my gosh, dude. I, not for another year, dude. Did you bomb that first show? I didn't bomb. Um... But like it, obviously the jokes were just terrible. Like I had like Fink, Adam Fink was there actually. He saw my first set on my first show. Nice. Uh, and he was like, "Dude, you got the confidence. The confidence is there. Like your your stage presence is there. It's just the writing." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, Which is yeah. why I kind of like started really focusing on the writing, dude. For sure. Because it's it's just like I don't know. It's like it's just another tool. You know what I mean? I mean, it not just another tool, but it's it, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Ray. Mm. I don't know, man. No. I'm the dumb Asian. No, here. no, no. You're yeah. not. You're, I'm listening. Yeah. Good. Um, I think that show's going to be great. Invite those people. I think it's also smart to not tell your friends right away yeah. that you do a comedy. People make that mistake way too early. They, they're doing comedy, and then two, two months in, somebody goes, hey, I could get you a show at the comedy store. Yeah. And you go, what? My dream? The comedy store? Already? <laughs> and they sell everybody. Oh, my God, I'm going to get that comedy store. And then they invite everybody, and then they burn it too quickly. Yeah, well, that's what I'm at right now. I'm going up to the comedy store for the first time next week. Oh, you are? Yeah, but I don't like it's it's uh, the roast battle pre-show. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, good, um, good, good. But and I traded fucking some labor for it. You did know you really? Yeah, I did some edits. I didn't know if I traded labor. He asked me. Pat asked me. Yeah, yeah. To, to do it, and then I was just like, yeah. Eh, that's it. You're trading yeah. labor. Yeah. You manufacture that yeah. set. Yeah. You didn't get booked on that on that show. You know what I mean? Mm, I see what That's you mean. That's the point. I mean, you didn't get booked there. Like to book is to like to wait until someone DMs you. Hey, can you do my show? Got you. You know, like you wait, especially at, at this level, you wait and you wait and you wait too long. And right. It's like, damn, I didn't get booked Friday. Yeah. So I go to these mics, you know, it's like, and these mics suck. Like they're not, right. they're like, they help you to get better, but not really and not efficiently and not fast. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they, they suck and they're soul draining and they, yeah, and like they, no, you're not getting good feedback. And like, you need to do them and they're good. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. But really you need to be in front of 
real people. Mm-hmm. And whether it's 10 real people or five or, or 50 or whatever, like you got to figure out how to ways to get on there. And me personally, I'm willing to, I was willing and remain willing to trade uh, labor for, for that stage time. And, and I'm grateful to be at a place now where I am getting booked enough. So I don't have to do that, but year, year two and year three is constant, constant. Every, every, um, door guy said I could see, I would do it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, to me, it's obvious. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, it's obvious. I would do this constantly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never thought about like the labor thing. Obviously like they tell you to do your own shows or to go host, but like the free labor, that makes sense. Especially when you have tech, you know, like that, have yeah. that mindset where you can do those things. I would rather do the door guy set than do, than host. Mm. You're just doing a real set. You're doing five minutes in the middle or seven minutes in the middle of the show and you don't have to host. And people, when you come up, the audience doesn't know you're there. Well, then I guess they technically know the door, door guy, but they don't see you as like the door guy or the sound guy. They just see you as one of the comics. True. When you're hosting, it's like it's a, it's your, you're opening the cold room cold, which is which is a different conversation. It's valuable in other ways. But the door guy set's amazing. I mean, you just you just come in, you just do your set like 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 a normal comic, and then like a comic who got booked, and then mm-hmm. um, and then you just work on your stuff, and it's like low stakes. Like I didn't bring anybody. Like I get like. The owner knows I'm a door guy. Like I'm just, work, I'm just like chatting with the audience, or I'm working out new bits. Here's the thing I thought of this morning. Like I'm working on real bits. Like, yeah. So it's almost like low stakes, even too. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a low stakes. This is this. This is what I'm trying to say. It's like, like the producer's not even expecting anything. Yeah, from you're, you're just, just the door guy. Who yeah. gives a fuck? That's what. That's the. You need low stakes time to stop giving a fuck and like really try your other stuff. Like, um, when you get booked on a show and there's like a hell of people there, like, like. You wish you could work that new new bit out. And maybe yeah. maybe you have the balls to do it, but like, also like, there's hell of people watching. Your friends are there. You had to bring all yeah, your friends because yeah. it's a bringer show. <laughs> you had to bring everybody. Like, you're you're gonna do the stuff that hits, and it's like that's and it's that makes complete sense. But it's also like you're, and you are getting better. But it's like you need to be working. You just need to be, um, and, and I don't know. Those all all the sets have value, but you need those low pressure sets to like, um, do what mics are supposed to do for you. Hmm. You know. Yeah. And you need mics too. You need good mics too and bad mics too. You need it all. But like I tried quickly to um, figure out ways that I could get on stage without doing mics. Yeah. Um, I thought this podcast was going to help me, but it hasn't. What do you mean? Get get on shows, get booked on shows, but it hasn't. Oh, I don't think it's going to (laughs) help. It's not going to fucking help. I don't think it's going to help. Free labor, dude. (laughs) You need to do free labor. Yeah. Um, But this podcast is good too. (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. Um, what, since we're talking about the podcast, what, uh, in your comedy career, what has been, what, when it happened to you first, what has been like a failure when it happened to you first that turned into actually a success? Um, you, did you say early in my career or just any, any time, any time? Um, a failure that turned out to be a success. Yeah. Could be something you learned, could be like. Something happened to you in life to where like, oh, fuck, I fucking suck at this, blah, blah, blah. I suck at life, like losing a job or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see. Most recently, I I don't know. This is kind of a hard question. I, I, um, I the last, the most recent time I bombed, um, I learned that I don't like having super low energy on stage sometimes i can get in the zone on stage where i'm like super chill and i'm like this guy and 
I guess I'm trying to convey this guy's hella chill. And it comes off as like, for me, the, the energy is not received by the audience and they don't, they don't vibe with it. And then I started doing bad and I realized that's not my energy on stage. So I don't so, think that's a good answer. No, no, no. So, so more so just br- like bringing more energy on stage. Is that, I think I just felt like more energy and a certain tone aligned with who I was more, you know? And I was, and I was, and I did bad at the show. The audience wasn't with it. And I was like, why did I bomb that time? And I think my energy was too low. And perhaps I was trying to appear more calm and cool than I was. And it just wasn't the right tone. So I guess in a very small lesson, I learned that this is not my tone. Mm-hmm. And this is not the energy I want to convey. Um, so I need to start my sets with more energy. And, and I think it'll match what I feel more comfortable in um, more. Hmm. Yeah. No, it makes sense, though, because I've, I've done that, you know what I mean, yeah. being sorely. And, I, and that was something actually I, I noticed on early. But then it's like I, I, go, oh, I overdo it, right? Like I bring too much energy and everyone's like, well, what the fuck is this guy yeah, doing? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So there is a balance to do it. I, there is. But maybe you're a low – not you, but maybe you, the general you, is a low-energy guy, and that's your energy. You know, you mm. have to find what is, what feels right to you and what works for you. Did you come in low energy because of the bit that maybe you were going to start off with or? I think I came in too nonchalant, like I don't care how this set goes. Someone told me good advice um, one time, which is that you, when you, they say you're supposed to come on stage and not give a fuck. Right. And they're right, but they're, but you can't not give a fuck to the point where you isolate, this was Mav Viola, um, they said this, it, you can't not give a fuck to where you isolate the audience. Like you, for, you're not like, like you, you have to not give a fuck in the sense that like you, you, me and the audience are still on the same team. And like, I don't give a fuck if I look like an idiot, but I'm here to make us have fun. And not like, not like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like how this goes. Cause I, I do this and I'm, and, I see. And I don't, and I don't care how this goes. And I don't need this, you know, which is sometimes yeah. you can get mixed up in those two energies. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're like, I don't, you know, fuck you guys. I don't, I don't care. Like, this is what I do. Like, I do this every day. <laughs> um, and it can sometimes feel like that. Um, but you have to, I think the a healthier way is to not give a fuck in a, in a more playful way. Like, I don't give a fuck if I look like an idiot. Well, how yeah. about this? How about this? You know? There you go. Okay. You know? I see. And that's good. So I think perhaps I was, I was too not give a fuck in a closed off way. And then the audience mm. is like, I don't, this guy doesn't care at all. Like, yeah. why? He doesn't even care if he does well or whatever. Mm. Um, and that resonates with the people and they're just like, unattract- almost like unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to listen to you almost. Right. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Because you do come off as a very likable guy. Oh, really? You do? Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> That's good. For sure. No, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? This is good, by the way. Yeah, you like it, dude? Yeah. Culture pop, dude. Hit Culture me up. Pop. I need that. Yeah. Probiotics gets you right for the day. You know what I mean? It's like kimchi. Is it? Probiotics, yeah. Kimchi? Yeah. Have what does it do bit. for you, probiotics? Uh, help Gut health. Oh, good. I need that. Oh, yeah, dude. We need it. Does Everybody it, needs it. Does it help that. you go to the bathroom? Uh, No, but it oh. may, in some instances, give you diarrhea sometimes, maybe. In to a flush good way? All, yeah. yeah to oh, flush good. out all the toxins, dude. Yeah. <laughs> good. Let me just keep going. Yeah, dude. Just have some coffee with that. You'll be good to go, dude. Dude. 
They're really good. Culture pop. And lemon and ginger, which is very... Uh, yeah, that's really good. Um, let's see. Any more advice that I have? I have... Um, and my, my main advice that I think I wanted to talk about was that you should go slow. And I know this contrasts everything yeah. else that I've been saying. <laughs> you just said. <laughs> I guess what I mean is um, uh, when I was uh, year two, year three, year one, I would, I, would, I would try to do two sets a day. And that's mm. a pretty – ask anyone else who's not in the comedy world, that's a lot. Two, two, you go on stage twice a day. Um, ask other open micers, like they're going fucking five, seven, sometimes. four, five, six. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. My rule that worked for me two is the minimum, but two is also the maximum. Do not go to three um, because I don't ever want to feel like I don't even want to get close to burnout. Burnout is our number one enemy in this game. Your number one enemy, you know. You do this for 10 years and you are sane enough to get better. You're self-aware enough to look at your other stuff and see what's not working and, and give an effort to improve. You are writing every day. Um, you do that and you, and, you, and you are trying to make your bits better for, for 10 years straight. Like, How can you possibly say you won't get somewhere 10 years? You, how can you possibly say you won't get somewhere good You know, with that? 10 years, it's like, it's a lock. Like if you're really improving, 10 years, um, but people, people, people just quit and that's okay. Like if they quit, but like you can just burn out quickly by doing so much. Right. Um, so it's two mics a day and it's capped there. Um, now would you substitute a mic for a writing session? Sure. Yeah. Do whatever you think that is, is good and fun and healthy, you know, like, do whatever is yeah. Do what's do what's fun and good to you. If if your friends are there and 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 they want to do a writing session and that seems fun to you, do that instead. Um, but the main point is just don't burn yourself out. Don't burn yourself because there you, are instances where I have hit four mics a day. I'm like, what am I doing, dude? Yeah, like, like I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I I would never. I would not do that again. Um, you know, especially mics mm-hmm. shows maybe right. two, three, four. If it's like you get booked on crazy good shows, that's different. Um, four mics a day. It's like. You leave yourself some room to be excited about this, mm. you know, like do the sets and then the second set went well and you're like, oh, I, I should want to do another set. Like go to bed and go to bed excited about comedy so that when you wake up, you're ready to go for your writing session or whatever you have going on the next day. I see. You know, keep it going. Like you just want to, you want to feel good and fulfilled about this whole thing the whole time. Um, and you don't, you don't, want to feel twinges of burnout yeah and if you feel the twinges of burnout you feel the burn back off because like it's just such a long game that like have you been close to burnout before and if so how do you take yourself out of it and be like okay i need to chill out for a second i have felt the twinges of burnout that's why I, I call it in my mind the twinges of burnout i felt the burn um a couple times but as o- overall I, i've it's been really sustainable the whole time Two a day, max. Because yeah. um, it seems like with you, it's just consistency. Like that is literally the difference. Because some people will like, like with me with working here, sometimes I, I won't hit a mic for like three days. And then that fourth day, I'm going to hit like four mics. Yeah. Type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's and almost trying to me trying to play pick up. Yeah. Could you, do you have room on those days to hit one mic? 
on those days, I probably could. I'm just being lazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially like a late night mic, I could do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like fourth or even down here. Well, be careful. You don't ever want to, if it's too much, then don't do it. And if it's like, but, but try, try to hit, try to keep, remain some level of consistency and like stay tapped in. I guess the difference between what I'm saying here and what I was saying earlier is like on a long-term scale, be careful, be really, really careful of your burnout levels mm -hmm. and be really protective of that. And, and that's different from when I said trying to be aggressive in, in writing this amount um, for your show is like to write this amount for your show, you just just um, move your focus to that. Move your focus to deciding to write these bits and working on them and keeping them and, and honing them. Like instead of the loosey-goosey, like I'm working on this bit and then this bit right. and this bit's lost and I forgot this. And like the pressure will get to you um, to move your focus and, 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 and build that. Um, but you don't necessarily need to be going like five, six, seven mics a day to achieve that. Right. Um, you just need to shift your attention and like decide to focus on that to achieve that. Mm -hmm. So I guess that there's a difference between like going so hard that you burn out. There's two, two things like keeping it level and, and don't burning out, but also like making sure to make, smart decisions that challenge you and that push you to move further in your career and your craft. Right. Whilst trying to make it sustainable. Yeah. Well, it just, again, it just seems like it's more of a consistency game. Like again, this, this, this um, Atomic Habits book, it's like, it's telling me that you don't need to like wait 10 days to basically it's getting better 1% at a day, mm. right? Like some people will do 0%, some people will do 10% one day, and then it's just all fluctuates. But if you can do that 1% a day yeah. for a long period of time, which it seems like what you're doing, right? With even like getting these manufactured uh, stage times and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that the habits that <clears throat> it makes it like the habits that seem that are outside of your comedy, it's just... It, does this make sense? Like you just as a person, it just seems like comedy is like the, almost like the perfect mixture with you. The fact oh, that yeah. you can just kind of just. Yeah. It's very, it's structure. very centered around consistency and structure. Right. The whole thing is very rule-based hmm. and structure-based. Which is wild because again, it's comedy, right? Like you, you you hear it all the time. Like, oh, these people are fucking, you know, fucking wildcats. Like you, you don't yeah. know where they're, what they're going to do. Yeah. Not and then me. when someone is you who's Zen almost. Yeah. Like, right. It's just interesting to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm completely the opposite way. It's mm -hmm. a, it's it's um, constant rules and dead and um, guidelines. Deadlines too. Deadlines um, and habits. It's it's I'm I'm completely a man of systems and routines, um, and I know what is good for me, and I create little rules around that. Two sets a day, max. Yeah, and minimum. Mm -hmm. Do both. That's crazy. I've never heard that before. This is so crazy to me. But it makes sense. Yeah. Like two is like literally the, two, probably the perfect. Two dude. is healthy. Yeah. And it's enough. And it's already, It's also a lot, by the way. It's yeah. Four hours. You're driving. You're driving there. You're doing. Oh, that's true. It's all ten. You're still ten dollars. That's yeah. That's true too. We we, we get <laughs> too accustomed to the fact of paying five dollars a set. It's a lot of money. Five dollars yeah. is a lot. Yeah. If if you had a Chipotle burrito and they and they offered you a five dollar discount or they increased the price by five dollars, you'd be like, "What the fuck? That's insane!" I do whatever I can to not not pay the five dollars. <laughs> Try your best to minimize that. Like, there's a lot of free mics. So yeah, so you're going to more so free mics than you are because I actually heard from the most recent episode I did with John Luna that it makes sense now that bucket mics 
he like he prefers bucket mics because there's more of an audience rather than just a room with comedians. Yeah, yeah, if you right? can. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm willing to pay the five dollars. Sometimes if it's good, if it's good, like miking comedians, mm. then I'll choose those. Got you. I'm very particular now. Like I think I can, I can graciously and luckily be wean off mics a little bit and be more choosy about the mics I go to. If I if I see there's good people on there that I like and I think I'm gonna have a good time with and they're not gonna tank the energy, mm. um, I'll go. And if it's people that I don't um, trust their energy to yeah. not be dark and cold, then I then then I won't go because it's not worth it. And right. I'm gonna pay five dollars for that. Right, dude. And <clears throat> a lot of the times when I first started, I'd be going to like fourth wall NoHo a lot, dude. And <laughs> dude, Jesus, man, like it's it. now it's that I'm like eight, only eight months in, but I'm like, dude, what was I doing? Like that was a lot. Yeah, they can have, <laughs> they can have good mics too. Oh yeah, they dude. Yeah, lately their later mics have been killing it. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Like the eight nine o'clock ones, they've oh, really? been really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Opie, good. Opie. I've yeah, his name. He, yeah, dude, he's fucking hilarious, he's hilarious. bro. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. Oh, he's and every horrible. time I saw him, I'm like, dude, this guy's so funny. What is he doing? And I finally look at him on Instagram. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's killing Crushing it, dude. It. It's wild. Yeah, and still going to Mike's. Yeah, yeah that's true. It. Respect. That's it. very true. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here soon. Uh, w- let's say you're having a slump week, like where nothing's really working and stuff like that. What does Ray Lau do to get out of that slump? Um... Slump week, like, it depends what kind of slump week. If it's a slump week that I feel overwhelmed and, like, there's too much stuff happening, um, then I try to have a good week where I just do the things that I want and I do them at my pace and I do things that are for me, um, like, a self day. And, like, I try to wean off comedy. Again, I'm very careful of the burn. Right. I never want to feel that. Even then, I feel it often. I feel like the, yeah, the especially coming with often. What, everything that you're doing right now, it just feels like yeah. And so I, I'll try to pull back, and like I'm constantly trying to be aware of my stress levels. Um, if it's if it's a slump week, like not, none of your bits are hitting, you're bombing a lot, you're, all your new bits suck. Mm-hmm. Like this is this kind of sucks as an answer, but like the truth is, like you just have to work through it and work a lot. Like you just have to keep going, and then you find the set that breaks you through. Like, yeah, I've I've had the slump weeks, I and I probably go through slump weeks like or slump runs of days probably like once every two weeks, constantly where the shit's it's not working, and you just have to just keep grinding through it. Yeah, just be cognizant of the like. You have to get a good set that works through it, and like it's gonna end, and you just gotta get through it. A lot of times, like the slump week, we like. Oh man, I suck at comedy. I don't feel like going out today, and like it just propels it. But mm. you have to work. Like the slump is so natural and so normal. Um, it's I don't know. It's a hard balance. If you feel like your your shit's not working and you feel burned out, like it's hard. Like I would I would right. I would take a step back. The burn is like the number one thing. And you're I, always aware of it. Then it constantly, seems like, yeah, constantly. You never. It's such a long game. We're in it for a, you're ideally in it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Like if you decide that you really want to do this, then then you're deciding to be in it for like 10, 15, 20 years, like mm-hmm. a long, long game. And the, and the career will evolve to acting and whatever and writing right. and stuff. But like, um, yeah, just be careful um, of the burn. And I think the last thing I want to say is like something that helps the burn so much is trying to find a community here in LA of people that you really fuck with. Yeah. And that helps a lot. Yeah. Everything started turning for me when I found the community that I love. Um, 
and that that made everything better. It just it just having a group of people that I genuinely fucked with. I'm like, and I'm like, these are my people. Yeah. Um, and how so did that change? They're obviously more supportive. They're more supportive. They're just like you go to mics and you're and you and a lot of times when you're doing comedy and you're just by yourself and you're going to these mics, it can feel very lonely and like and like that's what causes the burn is when you are feeling lonely and you suck and you're like, <laughs> what are you doing this for? You know, but when you feel lonely and there's other, when you suck and there's other people around you that you really fuck with and like, um, they just, I mean, I mean, it's just a very life thing, you know, you, yeah, need, you yeah, need friends that are true. good, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think sometimes that, sometimes you don't have that in comedy or you align yourself with the wrong people. Mm. Sometimes you align yourself with the wrong people who have clout, but they're really not good people. I see. And... You know, you have to be you have to be aware of that. If these aren't your people, then you have to get out. And there because there are good people, and you got to find them, and then find your people. Yeah, you know, I'm slowly starting to get there, dude. Like we're people now. I'm like really vibing with people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I would hang on and build. If you identify like that's my guy. Yeah, this is someone I really fuck with. Yeah, I would identify that and then invest further in that. Got you. You know, mm-hmm. it's so important. Well, and I like, fuck with you, Ray. I fuck with you too. <laughs> Hell yeah. And. <laughs> Everyone's career is also just going to evolve slowly. Right. You know? Right. Within years, like really short amount of time, like people who you are at your level and, and below you or above you, like people people's careers move all of a sudden, like they're, they're moving. And then you're yeah. like, whoa, what the fuck? Like we were just yeah. at the same open mic a while ago. So it's like, and and then you also were gonna develop quickly too. Mm. So it's like the people that you really fuck with now, invest them and invest in them and then you will all hopefully go up together. Yeah. So let's actually talk about Brian Smite because you brought his name up twice, bro. Man, and that dude is that my favorite fucking love open micer. We talk about open micers. He is one of my favorites right he's now, great. bro. He's really Like genuine. this dude is, yeah, dude, yeah. he's a real one. He's really real. And he's fucking hilarious, bro. He's hilarious. He's real. Um, he cares about the craft. We yes. we get on, we have this podcast that you and I are having um, in the parking lot of, of the Ashley Furniture <laughs> outside Flappers constantly. Um, oh, you guys be going up to Flappers a lot? When we when earlier on, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. and I'm still there if they book me, yeah, here and there. Um, but that we were we that's where we became friends is at the flappers over Mike. Um, I had no idea you guys knew even knew each other, dude. That's oh, really? Great. Yeah, that's oh, well, great that you guys do. Love Beast Mike. Yeah, amazing guy. Um, and cares about the craft. Good guy. Yeah, he's my one of my peoples for sure. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, dude. Yeah, he's a real one, dude. Definitely. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, where do you see yourself 10, 15 years from now? What is the what is the what would what like your <clears throat> optimal lifestyle in 10, 20 years or 10, 15, 20 years? Ah, good question. Um, that's a good question because I like it different than what is your ultimate goal in in this. That's a mm, different. Okay. I'll go after that. I'll go into that after. My what I want in 10, 15 years. Um, Hopefully, I have a have a have a a good small to medium or whatever size fan base that will come out to see me. Um, hopefully, I can tour around the um, country, maybe do international trips. Um, hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I'm making enough money to sustain myself. I don't have to work at a job anymore. Um, I hope that I have enough freedom to do the things that I want and I don't feel super overwhelmed. Um, I hope my friends are up there with me. Um, I hope that I can go on the road and have fun and adventure with my buds. Um, 
hopefully I'm, I'm at least like commercial acting or I have a podcast or something that's like, mm-hmm. or YouTube channel that's providing me enough income that allows me this freedom. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Just, just, um, just freedom and adventure, yeah. um, and community and peace. There you go, dude. And that's it. And what, what, what is the ultimate goal since you said you were, you wanted to, uh, get to that? I want to get to that. The ultimate goal is, um, such a tricky question. Um, the answer that I have is that, um, that I always tell myself, and sometimes I lose sight of this, is that there is no ultimate goal. There can't be an ultimate goal because when you set your sights on something that that finite and you get it and you will get it, then like you like let's say it's a Netflix special, you get it and then it's and it's awesome and you and and you post it on Instagram and everybody's. Every, oh my god you got a netflix special and you go yeah i did yeah. and you're on your couch and you feel great and then and then a couple months go by and you did the special and then and then you're like well now what you know and that was three months ago and it's faded and so now you look for Another you know what all my friends are in movies i want to be in movies i'm gonna be an actor and then you get an acting coach and you do this and then now your new goal is to be an actor and to win a, and, a, and or whatever um and so it just keeps moving. And so when so you should be careful not to place all of your hopes on one outpost. There's a beacon that you try to walk towards. Um, that beacon for me is financial freedom, doing comedy with my friends, being really good on stage, um, having adventure and community, being happy with it, um, not being too stressed out about it. That's the beacon, and I hope and I and I hope that comes from a YouTube channel, a podcast, uh, doing commercial acting, maybe acting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the beacon, but like the goal is to just, um, grow at a fulfilling pace. That's fun. And then just keep growing at a fulfilling pace until you die. And that's it. There's no like, um, end and goal. And I say that to remind myself too, because sometimes you can get, you can get lost right. doing it when you're in the day to day, you have like the ultimate goal is like a useful tool to tell yourself where to keep going, where to keep walking. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can become so engulfed in the thick of it all that you fixate on this goal. Hmm. And then you, and then, and then all you're fixating so hard that one day you reach that goal and then you look back and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. Like I was, that was so fast. Bro, was, that's crazy. Yeah. I was working. That's the, that's the worst possible scenario. The absolute worst possible scenario is you get everything you want at that level and you, and you got there so fast and so tunnel vision that you don't even know, um, how you got there. You just, you just worked relentlessly and you potentially cut bitches or maybe you didn't even cut bridges. You just got there and, you, and then you're like, I don't even sit back and enjoy it. And now I'm here and that's great for a week. And now what else? And then now you just lost your youth and your, yeah, you dude. know, so we just need to grow at a pace that is nice for us. That is fun, you know, and hopefully that gets to where we want to go that you're with your, your buddies. Um, and then, um, yeah, just grow at a pace. That's nice. Wild, bro. You're so wise, dude. Like honestly, how old are you? 26. 26, bro. That's crazy. I wish I would have met you earlier in my life dude, when I was like in film because that's what I did. I was like, I had this one goal. I fucking, that's all I had, had to do. I never reached the goal, but it's like by the time I kind of like shifted gears, I was like, who am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was so like what you're saying, so 
focused, so tunnel vision on that goal. Yeah. That by the time I kind of just, that goal wasn't a goal of mine. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Where, yeah. Where'd all this time go? Dude? I know. It was like seven years of my life. And Crazy. I was like, this is wild. I know. You know, so. Sometimes I can fall in that trap too. Sometimes it's very tunnel vision. Yeah. So. I don't know. We just need to try to go at a pace that's not too crazy, you know, hmm. at a pace that's forward. Right. Yeah. You know? True. That's, that's pushing in us in a way that's like we're walking towards that direction that is good. And and that's challenging in a way that's like kind of scary, like what you're doing with this show. Mm-hmm. Walk that direction. But try to I mean, this is super cliche, but like just try to go at a pace where you can have the space to enjoy it. You yeah. Know? And then try to make friends that you can enjoy it with and help you enjoy it. Right. Um, and then hopefully you all go up together and, um, and then that way when you make it, when you all make it, you're all there. Together. Yeah. And, like, and you look back and you're like, that was a great, instead of being like, what the fuck happened? Be like, that was a great journey. Right. I loved it, the whole thing. It had its ups, it had its downs yeah. and now I'm here. You know, I learned a lot. I had a, a lot of good times. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah. Cause um, it makes sense with this podcast too. When I first started, I was doing like three episodes a week. I was just pumping them out. Crazy. I had I had nothing, bro. Like I was stressed out. I was yeah, like, yeah. I need to find a way to make money. Crazy. I was doing the podcast. Hopefully, it would be a way to help, you know, pay the bills and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm doing it like once a week, it, it is so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Dude, like I can have conversations. I'm not Great. worrying about editing after this. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Great. So, so it, and like again, what you said about the community, like there are guys that I've met people I've met where I'm like, I don't know if I'd mess with this dude really, but yeah, like yeah. We, just this one comp, like just this one thing, our love of comedy, yeah, yeah. like how we can talk about it, how it's like we can help each other's bits out. Like you don't realize that at first that you're building these friendships, but yeah, when, yeah. You, when other people are reaching out to you and be like, dude, you, you did great here and stuff like that. Like that it's, it, it's a great feeling. Definitely. You know what I mean? Where again, I'm talking about film, but it just feels like film is like a rat race. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same thing in comedy. I haven't met a lot of those people yet. Yeah, yeah. But in film, it was, it's just so different. Like, you know what I mean? Like with film, it's like, oh, the most perfect person is going to be right. in front of the camera. Where with us, it's just like, who gives a shit? As yeah, long as yeah, you're yeah. funny, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's that, the great thing. Yeah, dude. That's why I, I appreciate comedy so much for yeah. that. It's yeah. like, it's based off if you're good at this or not. Not if fucking your dad was... Ron yeah. Howard and putting you in a movie type shit. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. great. I'm right, not right. hating. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. But- this is, I think, a little bit in terms of what I'm looking for, a little bit more me, yeah. this comedy stuff. Definitely. It's way more in our control. Right. It's way more soulful. Especially nowadays, bro, with the social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, great. that's another thing why I want to do the com- the podcast because it's like I'm going to grow an online presence so by the time I'm Ray Lau four or five years in, I can be doing the stuff you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to kind of just like, oh, no, I need to get booked type shit because I don't have a following. Right, right. So. Yeah. I think you're doing that right. Thank you, bro. I think you're doing great, bro. Thanks, Seriously, man. dude. You're killing it. Um, well, dude, let the people know where they can find you on the socials. Um, Ray J. Lau on all platforms. R-A-Y-J-L-A-U. Perfect, brother. Well, thank you for doing this, Ray. I Thanks, appreciate man. you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Until next time, see ya. Bye-bye.